Welcome to The Coaching Podcast with your hosts, Emma Doyle and Simon Blair, coach for success in sport and business. G'day everybody and welcome to The Coaching Podcast. I'm Emma Doyle here with Lauren Chapaya, otherwise known as Chips, the one and only, and Tina Samara, her longtime coach or whatever that might mean. We're about to explore that um, coach and player on The Coaching Podcast. Crazy stuff here in Denver. I'm so excited for this interview. I'm going to kick it off with our first question, the Vegemite question. You either love it or you hate it or you've never tried it. I'm going to start with you, Coach. Tina Samara, have you tried Vegemite? One and done. One and done. There you have it on the podcast. Chips, never tried it. Ne- not yet. Not yet. Not yet. I I'm promise. <laughs> yeah. You, you, before you leave actually here in Denver, we're going to make sure that you try it. it. So Chips, because you answered that way, I'm going to kick it over to you. You can either choose your worst coaching moment and what were the lessons or your best coaching moment and what were the lessons. And I think because Tina Samara is in the house today, is there a story you could share about your relationship? My worst coaching moment as the player was probably, was probably the well there there's probably a lot because I I had my moments but um was the the match where you said I was being a brat because <laughs> I I kept looking up at my dad in the stands hindsight I definitely was being a brat but I think in the moment I look back on it as my worst coaching moment probably a little ashamed because I should have known better but also a good learning lesson because I needed to actually search for answers within myself instead of trying to project everything onto everyone else around me. So I needed that toughness in the moment for sure, even though it hurt. Um, and I was probably a brat in my response to your, your brat calling, but um, definitely a good learning lesson for sure. Yeah. And Tina, does that trigger any memory for you around working with um, Chips's dad? Oh, like, you know, again, I think it's a good good story in in not to judge people right away, and I think that works probably reverse for both of us. Um, you know, initially I think we hit a tough beginning, but um, at the end of the day, uh, we really learned to understand each other and have I think a really amazing relationship that I will cherish forever. Um, you mm-hmm. know, and I think I learned a lot. You know, her dad coached her and her sister for their whole careers until through college or, or till college. And, and um, there's a lot to be said about understanding where they're coming from and, and realizing their passion and, and, and their motives behind it. Even though she was 13 and O, and he said, hey coach, what's happening? <laughs> yeah, you know, daddy's two little girls, you know, uh-huh. like, so <laughs> still want a little hand in yeah. and Tina, any other um, stories as it relates to chips um, with regards to best or worst coaching moment for you? Oh, there were so many good ones. I thought you were going to say so many. No, 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 no. There, you know, there's so many funny ones, really. But, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, really the stories I think about are really, you know, chips is so competitive and trying to get her out of her comfort zone, more so in practice than anything, of course, in matches is about finding a way to win. But, um, you know, the, the stink eye happened a lot in practice because I, I forced her to do things that she wasn't comfortable doing it for many reasons. Like what? Serving volleying. Go figure that Tina Samara made someone serve and volley. Um, <laughs> for those of you that know me 500 years ago, that was my thing. So, um, you know, um, I felt like, you know, 
like all good players, sometimes you whip this random play out of the bag that, that no one's expecting. And, and sometimes in practice, I felt Chips needed another level of difficulty because she wasn't always challenged enough on a regular basis in regular practice. So um, it, it was fun challenging her in that way and, and getting the stink eye. I love it. I love it. Uh, the next question, Chips, back over to you, mm -hmm. is what we call the sliding doors question. I don't know if it was like a specific day or moment per se. I think it was more so just like a series of events probably where this happened. I think growing up playing a sport, being coached by your parent, like you obviously get a lot of criticism, but it's different when it comes from your dad, right? Like it's not a stranger that's criticizing you or giving you constructive feedback. So I think that playing college tennis, the first couple of years, the coach that I had was great in certain respects, but I did feel like he was catering to, to me and my, and what I wanted to hear. And then meeting Tina, she said everything that I didn't want to hear, but it's what I needed. And like the comment she made about feeling uncomfortable to me was key. And it's something that I still reflect on because had to learn that it's okay to be uncomfortable and that's where I'm going to grow and that's what I need to get past whatever point I'm at but I hated it I hated every moment um but now I look back and I'm like I'm so thankful that she forced me to do that mm. whether or not I served and volleyed for the next match or whether I used that actual physical strategy that she was trying to make me do it actually just put me in a position where I could grow mentally from doing something that I wasn't good at Mm. And I just wanted to be good at everything. So it kind of just put me, made me step back and think like, it's okay to be uncomfortable. It's okay to try and figure out a way to work through this. And it helped me in matches. Like matches became easier because now I was doing things I was comfortable with. And when I faced a situation that I wasn't comfortable in, I had overcome something similar to that before. So I think it was more, not so much as I want you to be a servant volleyer, but more so do something that's going to scare you and put you in a position that you don't want to be in because in tennis, in life, you're going to be in situations you don't want to be in. And earlier tonight, you mentioned there was one sort of defining word that she said, accountability. Yeah, 100% for sure. I think that's another thing too, is when you're competitive and you're trying to impress a new coach, like you want to put forward the things that you're good at. Um, but you get to a point, especially when you, when you want to reach the next level where you have to acknowledge the things that you're not good at and you have to be okay talking about those things and you have to be okay doing those things and doing them poorly until you can be better at them. And I think accountability and sport has helped me carry that into the business world too, where I have to look inside myself and say, like, did I screw something up? Like, do I have a weakness that I need to work on? And it's okay to talk about that with a boss, with your coach, with, with your teammates, because the people that are going to be there to support you are going to appreciate that mm. rather than you just pretending that yes. everything's okay. It's like your accountability uh, um, support person is your biggest cheerleader as well. So I love mm. that. Thank, thanks for sharing. Tina, sliding doors moment in your career. What have you got? In a weird way, it was when I tried to play golf full time for a few years and, and it wasn't like sliding doors, but it was more about like really being interested in the process and understanding how much of what I'd done in the past could be used in a completely different sport. And I, I improved so much quicker in golf than I would have had I not played the tennis because um, I understood the process of getting worse before I got better. And I think I've used that analogy a ton in coaching. Like, look, like I understand right now we're changing your grip because you need to, but, and you're going to hit balls over the fence for a little bit, but 
I can just trust me that it's going to be beneficial over time. So I think, yeah, like crossing over to try to play another sport at that high level um, taught me a lot about myself too. Mm. Yeah. I love that story. Uh, yeah. It's so many beautiful um, insights around your golf and tennis and pre-vet and choosing to play golf, postponing reality. I think your parents once told it. But anyway, moving on to the next question. <laughs> this is our guiding question of the podcast. Okay. It is in one to a maximum of three words, what mm. do you think makes a great coach? I think honesty for sure would be one. I feel like that's a given. Um, honesty, I think primarily because, again, like back to what I was saying before, if you're catering to everything that that person's good at and being honest about that, that's great. But you also need to be honest about everything else going on, whether it's sport related, whether it's about that person as a, as an individual, I think honesty is key because that's also how you gain trust with that player, right? Like if I had a coach that wasn't honest with me and was feeding me BS all the time, I'm not going to trust that person as much. I'm not going to, I might like the compliments or whatever for the time being, but in the long term, it's not going to make me better. So I think honesty would be the first one. Second one I think would be patience. Um, I think I, I turned to that one because I don't have a lot of patience. So I've noticed that that is probably my weakness as a coach and as a person in general. But I find that if you're patient, like the whole, the, the entire improvement journey is a process. So if you're, if you're not patient with that process, which I notoriously was not throughout my career in terms of like trusting the process you're going to have a difficult time and it's not going to be an enjoyable experience. So I think more just so for everyone's mental well-being is patience is um, primarily important. And I also think my third one, I think passion would be my third one, primarily because if you're trusting a coach to want what's best for you, you want them to feel as strongly about those things as you do. Um, and I've worked with coaches in the past and I've probably been that coach in the past too, that just wasn't in it that day. Wasn't feeling like doing it that day, which is normal. Like, I think that's okay. You're not going to feel like doing it every day, but if you do have that, that passion for that player or for your own success, that's going to carry you through the crappy days that you don't really want to be there. Mm, would you believe passion is number one of 460 responses on the coaching podcast? <sighs> so, um, yeah, it's definitely something you feel as an energy, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, and there's different forms of passion. I know Tina would have run over hot coals for any of you on your team. Um, she's so passionate and it plays out different ways. Tina, same question back at you. Well, I mean, I think Chips's answer makes sense to why we have a great relationship because we certainly, I think, overlap in a lot of these passions. It was, I think, the first thing I would say. Um, and, and again, I, I can admit that I didn't have the same passion with every player I've ever coached because I felt like it was reciprocal. So an area for development for me to try to figure it out when I didn't have a player that I felt was as passionate as I was or wanted to be as good as I wanted them to be and that kind of thing. Patience is funny because if you watch the Eminem show, I, I was the one that gave the word of the month, which was patience, which is also the similar to chips is why I have it. Cause I, why I said it is cause it's not something I've been known for um, serving volley. It's not necessarily the uh, patient stereotypical play. patient player. from the baseline. <laughs> so, um, but I've also learned the value in it and, and over, over the years and, and then knowledgeable, I think in terms of just, you know, doing your homework or, 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 or learning what your, what your craft is and trying to continue to learn, which I think again, Emma Doyle's the, uh, 
the guru for me in terms of that if I had known some of the things I know now from from all the conversations we've had, I, I think I, I would have been a better coach. Yeah. So your three words then are passion, patience, and patience knowledge. And knowledge. All right. Some crossovers there. And finally, our last question on the coaching podcast, Chips, I'll go to you first, is where we ask you to ask us a question. Well, that's a good question. You just mm-hmm. ask me. Well, you can throw it over. Uh, to, you can throw it over to Tina. Why you? Um, do you go. You can go first. Uh, I mean, I guess it's it's about like how do you continue to um, stay curious? How do you continue to you know um, be excited? You know, when you especially for people that stay in the field for a long time, like what is it that you do to continue to keep the the excitement or the curiosity or the drive? Because it can be easy to get caught in like a wheel. I think my number one question would be, how do you deal with confrontation in a positive way that's <laughs> that's going to like elicit a positive response? And I, I think that applies. That's something that I've been trying to learn to deal with outside of my team environment and in the real world, because the real world is not like you're going to get benched and your forehand sucks. It's, it, it's more complicated than that. So I'm interested just to learn more about how leaders in sport and other areas deal with that in a way that's going to be productive. Well, we thank you both for being on the coaching podcast and uh, chips. I will leave you with this thought. It's an airline called TFFI. We can fly. And it stands for with regards to our courageous conversations um, what's the topic? What are the facts? How did it make you feel? And what's the impact? TFFI, right? Take a breath. And then we can fly is what do you actually want? But here's the kicker, right? The C, we can fly, as in the C stands for contribute. So that's where in a conversation, a courageous conversation, you acknowledge how you've contributed to the conversation or the conflict or the potential conflict. That's where you win people over. And then the last F is so stands for forwards. So moving forwards, here's how I'd love this to play out. TFFI, we can fly. You've heard it first (laughs) on the coaching podcast. We've had plenty of patience. We've had plenty of passion. These two have a great relationship. Hence, Chips is in Denver visiting her old coach. Well, I shouldn't say old, although she (laughs) did just have a birthday. uh, Visiting (laughs) Tina Samara. Thank you so much, ladies. Yay! The Coaching Podcast was brought to you by Emma Doyle and Simon Blair. And if you enjoyed this episode, please remember to give it a rating and a review on your podcast listening device. Thanks for listening.